0: Okay, good morning, everyone. Awesome, good to see you all. And uh, thank you for everybody joining us online. Um, KnowWordFMC.com if you like the audio, or uh, Facebook if you like the video. So, we seem to have uh, stumbled ourselves upon a series this summer where we've been talking quite a bit about uh, looking inward and, and seemingly caring for some of the wounds that we may have had. That's what it seems to be. I don't know. Uh, Last week, we talked about rejection and I brought up a couple points that I'm still working on how well, number one We saw that Jesus the one we follow the reason we're here and the one with whom we have promises He was rejected at every turn. He was rejected at birth Well, first off there was rejection of God in the garden Hello, I can either get what I need from you and wait for it or I can eat it over here Uh, I want the wisdom. I want the knowledge myself i want to do it on my own and it was a straight up rejection of god and we've seen that time and again and then we saw that yeshua of nazareth was rejected at every turn uh all the way up until the day he was crucified and honestly to this day he's rejected locally and globally in your families my family our school every, really a small percentage of people say jesus you are who you say you are and you'll do everything you say you'll do i didn't say a word about church i said jesus who is jesus now we also talk about rejection because I realized this in my life. In, in my life, rejection always gets us to feel. Well, first of all, it gets us to look inside, right, Lyle? If somebody, if you don't get the job, or somebody rejects you, the first thing you do is say, "What's wrong with me?" And here's what I noticed last week. And I didn't think it was what wisdom God gave me it was this: rejection is actually not something that has to do with you. Rejection is simply this: the other person had two choices, and they made a choice. We looked at how the nation of Israel wanted a human king like all the nations around them. God says to Saul, no, God says to Samuel, you know, don't worry, Samuel, they're not rejecting you, they're rejecting me. But really, if you think about it, they had a choice. I can either have this human king or, you know, we can let God lead us directly. And they just made a choice. So what I'm trying to say is this. Whenever someone has rejected AJ, I've taken it in and I've allowed it to shape how I feel about me. When the reality is, if you just zoom out, zoom the camera out, the person had choices and made a choice. That's it. And so some of us have wounds of rejection inside, and I wanted to give you some help in your minds, not necessarily a spiritual help, a mental help. So today, I think we're kind of doing some of that same sort of stuff here. Um, let's see where this even goes, man. So here's the thing. I'm going to, yeah, okay. This is, try, to, try to piece this together. All my life until, well, especially, I mean, I became a Christian, quote, unquote, when I was 17, when I finally said, Jesus, you are who you say you are, and forget church and all that other stuff. But I often spent time even after that wondering what my destiny was. What's my destiny? What's my destiny? You know, what, what am I destined to do in this life? And then the Bible go ahead, went ahead and showed me what my destiny, what the future is supposed to be for, uh, for, for those that God knew ahead of time. He made it their destiny destiny to be conformed to the image of Jesus so that Jesus may be glorified and he may be called the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. So the ones that God knew ahead of time, which is everybody hearing my voice because you're here, he made it their destiny to become more like Jesus, who is loving and patient and kindness and forgiving and slow to anger and quick to, like all these wonderful things are Jesus. And don't forget, he's also the truth and he's the way and he's the life and our destiny, of course, is to become more like that. And there will be a day when somebody sticks a stone in the ground with your name on it. And doggone it, if you put one of those things on my name, then I win. Here was AJ who was loving. Awesome. Here was AJ who was kind, who was faithful, right? Well, I, don't, I don't know why we run from this to a degree. Some of us, we, we do. We run from this. But I want to say this. <laughs> okay. I'm going to totally take a left-hand turn here. That may be our destiny. And churches may have beat you up when you fall short of that. But here's what I'm going to say. We are going to, we're going to, everybody, in this process, we are going to wear the proud title of hypocrite now and again. And probably if you hang around my house, now and again and again and again and again and again. And again. Because hypocrite, hypocrite, ugh. The Greek word means one who wears a mask. That's where we get Hippocratos turns into hypocrite. But if you think about hypocrite, it's simply this. Believing one thing and acting another way, right? But here's the thing. Get used to that, all right? Whether it be in here or out there with anybody who claims to be a follower of Christ, everybody has been wounded by someone who wants to follow and be conformed to the image of Christ Jesus. But nobody said, you do this perfectly. Never. And if you do, then you can say to God, move over. There's going to be two of us on the throne now. Do you get it? It's absurd, but okay, this church is awesome because we don't hold that standard for other people. I don't see anybody grading anybody else's paper in this church. And I love that. But I got a problem though. Why do we hold that standard for ourselves? Right? You know, we're destined to be conformed and then you do something that isn't the person you want to do. And what do you do? You bring yourself up on charges, you throw yourself in prison, and you say, you should be better than that by now. Right? Don't we? Well, okay, let's unpack that today. And this is a hard thing to talk about in church, because people think it's, oh, you're giving license to, okay, stop. Grace is never licensed to anything. Grace is grace. So let me unpack this now. Don't don't wrap your head's uh, solidified opinion, because I don't even know if I have one just yet. We need to acknowledge this. We need to acknowledge something here. Let's look at Mark's slides. Mark, of course, was maybe the pen name Simon Mark for Peter's gospel. Remember, I challenge you with that. Go look that up. One of the teachers' law said this: Of all the stuff you've got us doing, we want to be religious. We really do. What's the most important? You're doing stuff. Walking on water was awesome. Like, what? Break it down for us. What's most important? And Jesus said this, he quotes something that the Jews it was running through the veins of Jews for thousands of years. Here O Israel. the Lord, our God, the Lord is one. Next, please. And they're like, yeah, we know that we know. Love the Lord with all your heart, soul, and mind. Stop. Those three are synonyms. Heart is interchangeable with soul. Soul is interchangeable with mind. And what that is, is the things you can control. Ashley, if he, she, if he had said, love the Lord your God with all your body, what happens if I lose a limb, right? If, you get what I'm trying to say? And if he said, you love love him with all your spirit, well, the spirit no longer belongs to me. Your mind, your mind body, and spirit, right? My, yeah, mind, body, and spirit, but you could say heart or soul here. What he's saying is that what you control? Lean it toward God. Do that. And the second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. So anything else that's not, this is primary, Okay but we have a problem (laughs) because when you read love, the love your neighbor as yourself, some days if I were to love you the way I love me, I don't owe you much at all. You get what I'm saying? Now, I don't think you look over that and think I'm nitpicking. I think there's a reason he says as yourself, he could have said, love your neighbor as I love you. Would not that have been better? If he was asking perfection, that's what he would have said. Love your neighbor as I've loved you. And doggone it, I've loved you since the garden. I've loved you through Father Abraham. Moses, no, I mean, he could have done the whole thing and they would have gone, oh, crap, now we got to love perfectly. You read this as love perfectly. I don't know why you, why you are. But I also say this. I also think he's giving us a signpost. Now, here's the problem. <laughs> if you know the Bible well and you don't suffer from any sort of biases and you just believe what it says and says what it means, you look through it and you don't see a lot of self-care type of stuff. You get it? That's kind of crept into the church, some churches, in the last, I don't know, decade or two, where all of a sudden it's important to look after your mental health and things like this. Now, I scratched my head and sat back from the keyboard yesterday and said, am I wrong? Am I just making this crap up? Like, people do that, right? They get on big stages, they make crap up, and they sell books. And then I realized something, and I truly believe it was a thought from God because it was new. You ready for this? Um, God... Okay, when I talked about caring for ourselves, Lord, I don't see much of it in the Bible. It doesn't seem to be important to you. And then I see this. If God's the one we follow, and he sets the standard and sets the pace and tone for everything, then he did tell you how to care for you by the way he cared for everyone else in the Bible. Does that make sense? He taught Lyle how to care for Lyle by the way he cared for Noah. He taught Lyle how to care for Lyle by the way he cared for Jesus. You see what I'm saying? God went first and he said, Watch how I cared for people. That's how you're supposed to care for people, including you. So there it is. Now, I'm totally skipping all around here, but how did he care for Elijah, who suffered from burnout and depression? How did he care for him? I will tell you who made him a meal, told him to rest, take it easy, stop working so hard. I don't care that American culture wants you working 60 hours a week, chill out. He did not beat him up. He did not call him names. He did not yell hypocrites. He simply said, you're burnt, you're fried, you're depressed. Relax, I'll care for you. So how does God want us to care for self? There's an example. Do you see what I'm saying? Okay, okay, okay. I mean, really, I need you to know so I can move forward. Okay, so how about the way he cared for Moses, who had real anger issues and murdered a dude, and then had real self-confidence issues and wouldn't do what he was destined to do right? How did he care for him? Go into your own time and read these stories, but that's how you're supposed to care for you. Do you get it? I have anger issues. Cool. Go see how God dealt with Moses. And that's how you're supposed to deal with you. That's good, right? Lyle, this is new dude. Like like I said, I, I thought I was writing a therapy book or something for a second. I'm going, is this even scriptural? And God's like, yes, I set the standard for treatment. You follow me. If you follow me, you do what I do, including how you care for you. It's so easy to sit up here. Now, listen, this is, I hope this isn't like blasphemy or something. but It's so easy to sit up here and go, God loves you, so you ought to love you. But doggone it, if you're like me, that doesn't land. It doesn't land. It's like coming out of a theater from a matinee in the bright sun. It's just too much. It's too much, and we sing, he loves us, oh how, and I just can't get there, man, sometimes. So then when I'm feeling down, depressed, burnout, whatever it may be, or just crappy about myself in general, that doesn't help. And that's not his fault, it's my own. I'm gonna tell you, I'm the one that probably put the wall there. So can't there be another way where we can start to learn to maybe care for ourselves as we are? Because again, If I have to love you the way I love me, I don't owe you much. And I'll also say this. If I don't love me well, I'm not going to love you well either. Y'all get that. Tired moms and dads. I love my children better when I've cared for me. You know what I'm saying? She does. Yes, she does. Well, it goes for dads too, dude. I'm a lot less the man I want to be, a lot less conformed to the image of Christ. If I haven't taken care of myself and if I push myself too far, well, they get the lesser version of me. So there you go. If we don't love ourselves, it's going to be hard to love other people. We're going to skip these two Genesis slides. I think, hold on. Yeah, we're going to skip these two things. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I want to, Go back to Peter. Uh, okay, we're talking about a list of different people. And I want to go back to a couple other people that God showed us how to care for people. I want you to go to the scene in your mind where Israel is getting slightly united, not fully, slightly united, because the tribe in the north wasn't part of it. But they wanted a king and they got a king. And they got call this guy Saul, right? And Saul's tall, the whole nine. Well, they go to put a crown on him and they're like, okay, we're going to anoint the king Saul. Where is he? And they say he's literally hiding in that scene. Now, we're going to talk about self-care and things like this, but what's the reason someone would hide from a promotion? Maybe because they're wondering if they're good enough, correct? So how does God deal with someone who feels worth less than they are? How does God deal with someone who feels like they're not good enough, which we talked about three weeks ago? He guides him out, calls him, Gives him Samuel to stay beside him and be faithful and true and offers to guide him day by day through that, doesn't he? He does not reject him. He does not beat him up. He does not say, you're worth something because I I gave you worth or anything like that. He cares for him. Gideon, God shows up and says, listen, there's a real problem in your nation, isn't there? I want to solve it and I want to use you. And Gideon goes, I'm the least. I'm the least of my family. I'm the least of my house. How does God deal with someone who feels like they don't belong even in their own family? Or, or, or is incapable of doing what they need to do? God coaches them forward. And lastly, another example, Peter. How does God deal with someone who absolutely betrays who he wants to be and falls short in an extreme way? How does God deal with someone who is literally faithless? He restores him, correct? And if you actually, we can have a different, op- opinions of here, uh, different opinion here. Some people believe that Peter was ousted for what he did. Other people, including myself, I don't believe Peter was ever ousted for it. I believe there was a reinstitution by ceremony for Peter. But I don't believe that God's grace is ever something you can break off of you. I think it's unending love and amazing grace. And I think that Peter believed and his flesh got in the way. And I don't think that meant he wasn't family of God anymore. And there is wicked difference of opinions there. Some people believe Peter was on the outs. He was no longer an apostle. I don't believe that in the least because you follow me around my house. I'm going to be in and out all darn day, depending on what the kids say, depending on what you guys want. I'm in, I'm out, I'm in, I'm out, I'm in, I'm out. No. So how does God care for people? Therefore showing you how to care for you. Now let's hit the gas here. I'm going to do a little actual mental coaching today too. I'm a little excited about that. As followers of Christ, some of us have said, Lord, you are who we say you are, and you'll do everything you say you'll do. That's faith. It's not feeling It's National Geographic doesn't get you there. You literally go, did Jesus die and rise again, or did he not? Okay. Can I believe him and trust him? Yes. And if you believe that, that begins your faith journey. You can call yourself a Christian. A little Christ is what that, stands, what that means. So when we do that, question, aren't we to accept what God accepts and reject what God rejects? Isn't that the kind of thing? Now, be careful on that second end, because that leads to hurting other people and yeah being nasty on your facebook but let's do this we to accept what god accepts aren't we supposed to accept okay we accept what god accepts and it's this god accepts you aren't you supposed to accept you is my question now we just sang a song and went thank you jesus just as i am i come but after that, I'm going to get disappointed in my behavior, try to, try to change it, and then I'm not accepted just as I am. Do you get it? There's an old hymn that says, just as I am, Lord Jesus, right? I'm accepted by you. Um, I'm forgiven because you were forsaken. Amazing love. Just as I am, Lord Jesus, will you accept me? He says, yes. Now change. No, he does not. But that's what you do to you. If you're fully accepted by christ on your worst day then why aren't you accepted by you in your day-to-day some people are feeling me right now but i'll tell you what, i think we all do this especially if we measure ourselves against other people but here's the thing we understand that christ comes and he adopts us just as we are but then we begin this process of indicting ourselves for being just as we are Is anybody following me, how there's something that doesn't seem to gel here? And can I tell you what the middle person is that gave us the misinformation? Well, it's several different things, but one of them is the church. No offense, but you've all been to that church that says, oh, just as you are, boom, now clean up your act. Yet I don't see that in the Bible. I don't see that. Now I know, slippery slope, you guys, but let me build a case here. Because all of us are walking, a lot of us, well, all of us to a degree are walking around not fully accepting who we are and where we are today. And you know what that actually does? (laughs) That stunts your growth. Do you know that? Fear and and embarrassment and shame are paralytics. They're not motivators. Do you understand that? That's why you got a bunch of people walking around wearing starched shirts and not changing, not growing and becoming the people they want to be. Does that make any sense? All right, let me go to my next point here, guys. I feel like we've taken a turn on this. Jesus does accept us makes us our family gives us promises to those who gave believed in his name he gave them the right to become children of God says first John chapter 1 but then we walk along and over time we think maybe God accepts this part of me but not that part of me or that tendency like God accepts me but maybe not my laziness not my addiction not my anger and is that true does God's acceptance of you in Jesus Christ does it Christ does it slide or does it shift there's the question. Now, we sense that all parts of us are accepted, guys, because we're fully in Christ. So why don't we accept ourselves fully? And why do we split things off? Now, I'm going to shift, shift gears for a second because the whole idea of all this is help, but it comes from here. And I can tell you this for a degree. We do this. We, 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 we don't fully accept ourselves. We split parts off. And I can tell you why we do it. Because it works. It Yeah, I mean, it works and makes us feel as though we're handling in. Okay, I'm not doing a good job describing this. Give me something. Give me something real quick. The the reason that the cults are the fastest growing uh, playing, uh, things on the planet, uh, Mormonism is a cult. Jehovah's Witnesses is, is, is a cult. And if you want to have a conversation with me about that, I can change your mind off that in five minutes. No problem. Go Walter Martin. Christian science Institute. i I'm not coming at those people. They're wonderful. But the systems are there to control people. But they're the fastest growing religions on the planet. Do you know that? By millions or billions a year. They are billion dollar corporations. They own huge shares in Coca-Cola and blah, blah, blah. Okay? Do you want to know why? Because we want to earn it. That's why. And if you got to go and knock on doors and put a plastic smile on, you feel like you're earning it. And so that's the same reason that you reject this side of you and indict yourself because then it feels like I'm working with God and making me better. And you're missing the point of grace. Do you, uh, okay. That's why we do that. And it also makes us, you know, we don't want to feel proud. I, I, don't want, I don't want to have pride in my life by fully accepting me as I am. What is your definition of pride? Because you know what real humility would say? Oh, I'm jacked up. But I'm learning how to love me the way he loves me. That's real. Because then who gets the glory for that? Not you. You see what I'm saying? Like, it sounds like it's humanism, but it's actually not at all. It's tr- all God. And yet, we feel like if we, we compartmentalize ourselves, well, you know, this is me as a mom, and this is me as a friend, and, and, and here's my body issues or whatever it is, we feel like we're helping God out, don't we? I've split that part off. Don't worry, I hate that thing too. God never asked you to do that, I don't believe. Okay. Now, this is, uh, this is the main part of my message today. I want to, well, I got two things I really want to make sure you guys understand today that I feel like God was speaking to me yesterday. Acceptance is the first step and the only avenue to actually getting ourselves conformed to the image of Christ Jesus. We understand that's our destiny, right? Becoming like Jesus. But do you know that acceptance is your first train station stop there? I'm going to prove this to you in a second because we've got it wrong. Lots of us do. I do. We don't understand that acceptance is the only avenue by which that can happen. And here's what I mean. If I just jump to this, I'm not supposed to be impatient or angry or I'm not supposed to have doubts, then we... Oh, let me make sure they're okay. Good. Have they gone to the bathroom? Okay. Y'all might not get distracted, but they only oh, can see them. They're good. Just making sure. If they needed help, I would have given them help. Turn the light on. Good job. <laughs> Okay, close the door. (laughs) Marty, if I get stuck at, I'm AJ, I've got anger issues. That's not going to help me be conformed to the image of Christ who has self-control. Do you know what I literally first have to do? I first have to accept that that's my reality, that that's who I am, and love myself through that. And then the next stops can come, which is we're going to work on this. Do we get that? Because if you're too busy compartmentalizing and hating yourself for this thing, then the last thing you're gonna do is be able to work through it. Do you see that? I'm telling you this firsthand, man. If we choose if we don't choose to accept the ugly inside of us, we'll war against its presence and we'll spin it'll spin us out. In other words, if I get mad and if I skip the acceptance part, I'm gonna go right to this. I'm gonna be mad at myself for being mad and letting myself down. Does that make sense? Oh, I did that again. Well, you know what you're not doing? Working on the problem because now you're fighting this thing, trying to make it so it's not true when it actually is true, right? So your energy to to fight and to battle and all this stuff is already sapped, fighting this thing that's there. Or ready for this? Oh, I'm getting angry. Yeah, I'm getting angry. I'm not going to fight against its presence. It's there and I accept it. Does that make sense? I don't sit there and go, that's not who I want to be. It's not who I want to be. Do you see that? I'll tell you, I'll tell you right now. You know where this is coming from in my life? A couple months ago, I told you I started talking to someone professionally about some things going on in my life and in my mind. I think everybody could deal with that, by the way. And I do a lot of that for some of y'all. But it was nice to get somebody who's not y'all, who doesn't know me or anybody else, to listen to some other things going on in my brain. And he was talking to me and he goes, Sounds like you're pretty angry. I was like, I'm not angry, I haven't punched the dude since and he's like, No, it's not about self control. I just think that I think you've got some some anger inside of you over things. And I'm like, okay yeah all right i can and then i kind of think but through and i'm like again i never i never punched him i never cussed out my bosses so i didn't think it was an issue but no it's a part of me and it was so freeing to say i'm AJ. i'm AJ, and i'm kind of angry (laughs) and you know the strangest thing once i accepted that it wasn't as powerful and when it did come up i was like ooh, there's that anger what did i tell you a little while ago There's such power in naming things. Oh, boy, I could tell you about the Jewish tradition. Uh, I won't do that. But, okay, so ready? Ring, ring, ring. Hi. Pick up, Marty. Hi, Marty. We're all having a party. Uh, Seven o'clock. Dress nice. We'll pretend it was years ago when people did things like that. (laughs) And lived in Mayberry and stuff, the much better world. Dress formally and come and meet us at seven (laughs) o'clock. Sorry, that's my old timey voice. Um, And then she goes, oh. And then inside of her, she hears i don't really want to go i don't know who's going to be there i don't have anything to wear wait that's not me that's my anxiety talking you get it now before this marty may have just been convinced of a lie which is this that's who i am i don't like to leave my house i get nervous in crowds no that's you warring against something that's there accept it anxiety sometimes tries to steer so she hears it and says, we're having a party at seven. You want to come dress up nice? Bring chick. He's okay. Just tell him to keep his mouth shut. I'm and... <laughs> just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> tell him to behave himself. And Marty goes, wait a minute. I like those people. But this other thing inside of me, oh, that's just my anxiety. It's not who I am. It's not me. But I accept that that's a part. Okay? Do you see that? Now, you see where it's all coming together, Lyle? I never said that that's okay. Oh, but I will say this. I got to set you free on this one. Any emotion you've ever felt is not sin or wrong. Emotions cannot be wrong. Is anger a sin? He goes out of his way to say, in your anger, do nothing. Feeling angry is not a sin. Feeling jealous, lonely, anxious, fearful, they're not sins or wrong. Man, I hate that word because everybody took that and twisted the crap out of it to control people. Missing the mark is what sin means. But listen, any emotion you feel is not wrong. It's not bad. So why do you sit there and fight against it? And I'm not saying roll with them and do whatever you want. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying, like, no, I can't have that feeling. Yes, you do. You already have it. Do you get it? Now you can work on it. Do you see where I'm coming at you from a weird psychological angle here? But it's common sense. Like, this pops up like anger. Oh, I could tell you a great story about yesterday, but I won't. So, so, anger. No, anger. (laughs) No, you got to grab onto it and say, I'm feeling angry and that's okay. I'm loved through it and I love me through it. Now, what do I choose to do? Because if you're spending your time trying to just push it away, how do you expect to work with it, manipulate it? I got another thing. There is a picture already up. I want to show you something awesome. How to love yourself, therefore love other people better and be conformed to the image of Christ. Now, I'm gonna take a step into psychology for a second here, but this is dope, so dope. Can you zoom in on the red spot? If you want to pinch, and do that'll work, I think. Actually, do the arrow on the bottom right, please. Clickety, and then you can do the split or a touch screen or whatever. You know what I'm talking about when you do that to zoom in. It'll do it, or at least it did earlier. A little more. Yeah. Okay. Look at the right. Look at the right side. Let me come over here. Hi, people online. I'm totally ignoring them. Actually, I can do it right over here. Can I? So look at the right side. I can't. See how it says angry? I want to show you something. This is about not fighting against things. It's about accepting what's inside of you and allowing it to be conformed to the image of Christ. Guys, this is so good. You ready? So you see angry, and then we see a bunch of things here and there and there. So I went to my kid's soccer game. What a game. The dude's six. <laughs> the ball squirts out. They all run around like a bunch of mosquitoes, and they call it a game. I coached last year, and they didn't do that, by the way. I got them to stay in their positions. But anyway, that's part of the – so I go to the thing, and I find myself extremely worked up, like shoulders back. I look like, like a cat who's having a bad day, and I don't know why. And I went Tuesday, went Thursday, went Tuesday again, and I looked at Melanie, and I said – Melanie's my wife – and I said, I don't think I can come every time. <laughs> and I couldn't put good words to it, but I don't think I can come here. And she looked at me, and for a moment I saw judgment in her eyes. Nobody's perfect. We're working on it. <laughs> um, no, I saw judgment in her. I go, I go, it's just too much. It's just too much." And I don't know what it was, but now here's the thing. You ready for the power and acceptance?" I came home and I said, "Man, I really, I really was worked up, like heartbeaten, whatever. I don't know what that was. AJ Mad, That's how I felt. AJ angry. And I thought, "Hold on, Let's exercise some wisdom here. How did I really feel? Talk about self acceptance. This helps. AJ angry was this big monster. So when I tried to grab it, which again, I'm preaching acceptance to yourself because you got to learn to love you and accept those parts of you to have them worked on. When I said AJ angry, I was like, why AJ angry? And I looked at this handy dandy little thing that I found on a meme site. This is nothing official. And I said, how AJ feel? Let down? No. Humiliated? No. Bitter? No. Mad? No. Aggressive? No, not really. Frustrated. Okay, so AJ frustrated. And I went, okay, why AJ frustrated? Was AJ infuriated or annoyed? We're going across the chart over here. And I realized, you know what? I was really annoyed. The other parents at soccer, for some reason, I find terribly annoying. The way they parent their kids, awful. Awful. Annoying. Okay, whatever, dude. It's probably you people. I don't care. To me. And so all of a sudden, but listen, listen, listen. This is one point about accepting this. Number one, I said to Melanie, this is the thing. And you don't get to judge me for it, and I don't get to judge me for it. I'm overwhelmed right now, and I'm angry. Now we can work with it. But you know what? I could have spent two more weeks trying not to be angry there. And guess what? I would have just been more angry. Because you know what the first step of all this is? Acceptance. This is too much, man. Something's something's, something's not working out. Something's got to give. Because I'd be stupid to keep going into the same situation again, wouldn't I? (laughs) Why does my head hurt? I kind of wonder. But you also, with acceptance, I realized this, and I'm not going to stereotype men because as you can tell, I'm a communicator and I'm the one in our relationship that can express his feelings. I said, AJ angry. No, AJ was actually frustrated and I was really annoyed by the circumstances around me. So actually now, because I've chosen to accept it, (sighs) soccer is annoying. And you know what? Now, maybe that's okay. Okay. Maybe I'm going to know ahead of time that soccer's annoying. Now, what can I do to minimize soccer being annoying? Number one, don't sit near the other parents if they're annoying the crap out of you. Or if you don't like to sit there because I don't like to sit there, I'm, I'm going to go to the coaches and say, hey, remember when you asked for parents to be involved? Flash? I think, can I run around with the kids with you? Because then they, these people can't annoy me. <laughs> and maybe now I can make it. But you see where I would have just bailed on it because AJ angry? And worked on not being angry, and then I just can't do it anymore, and I walk away. Whereas all I needed to do was truly accept how I was actually feeling. Now, we're in church, and we worship Jesus Christ. Do you think Jesus loves me any less because I'm challenged at my kid's soccer game? Do you think he's let down by me? Oh, AJ, you're better than that, pal. (laughs) Then why was I so worked up about it? I felt like a bad dad. I felt like a bad community person. I felt like, oh, crap, they're going to know I lead a church. Then I'm being mean to people. Just with my eyes. Just with my eyes. <laughs> but that's enough, man. I can't hide the dark cloud when I've got it. But how about I fully accept that that's the way I feel. It's fully ex- I fully accept that's who I am right now, and I work within that structure. Do you understand that? Because if God is outside of time, because remember, we have three dimensions plus time, but they've proven 10 or 11. God has all of them. If God is at the beginning and the end at the same time, because time is actually not linear, let's say it's circular, then what could really disappoint him? You think he hasn't seen Ashley stub toe at 70 and say a cuss word? <laughs> do you think he cares and loves her less because of it? Or maybe when she was 13 and did, you get it? If he's outside of time, what, can he, what could you ever do to disappoint him? But you're walking around disappointed in you. And I hate that I have these feelings. Well, you do. I don't want to have these feelings. Keep it up. Keep going around on the hamster wheel. If you're angry, you're angry. Deal with it. And what I mean by deal with it is accept it. I'm angry. I I have a short fuse. It is what it is. Maybe it'll help if I can learn to identify the emotions a little better. But I'll tell you what will help. That's just part of me, man. I burn hot. I burn hot. It's the way it is. Last thing and then we're going home. Not only are we going to learn to not hold on to the bad. We're going to, okay. like. Because part of this and accepting yourself is learning that you need to forgive yourself as quickly as you're called to forgive other people too. Why do we feel like it's so sanctimonious and and martyrdom to hold our sins and and beat ourselves up for it? But we know darn well we're not allowed to do that for other people. Why do we do that and feel good about it? We do, don't we? Oh, don't worry, God. I'm still punishing me for that. And God's going, I'm not. What are you doing? I said, don't let the sun go down on your anger towards yourself too, right? Jesus came over and opened the prison door and said, you're free, you're guilty, but I'm choosing to set you free. Now you set you free. Okay. That's not my point today. Take that somebody. But the second part is this. And then, like I said, we'll close. We can't hold the bad. We need to accept the things inside of us, but we need to celebrate the good as well. Do you understand that? And we are not encouraged in this world, in, in the Western churches, we are not encouraged enough to celebrate the good, to celebrate the victories, to celebrate how far we've come, to celebrate the things that doggone it we might just like about ourselves, right? Because then here's what you do, ready? Somebody around you within that day will, will throw out the word, and I alluded to it earlier, pride. If you do something well and you feel good about it, don't you get proud. Right? This is my life. Now, I don't want you to get a big head there, pastor, but that was a good message. Do you you always have to preface it with that? Like, do I uh, strike you as someone who it's just going to inflate that much that my head's going to pop if you give me that compliment? (laughs) Right, though? Everybody, now I don't want you to get all prideful males. That's almost a Chris Farley. Did you hear that? (laughs) Sorry. I don't want you to get all prideful now, AJ, but you did a good job at what you really worked hard at. But don't get proud. How about if I can just maybe feel good about myself that I really did work hard at something, right? And now let's not make this about AJ. I don't, you know, what about you? Because I've told you, you got to accept those things inside of you that you don't necessarily like that are challenging. But what about this? How about feeling good about the fact that you have a lot of strengths? I'll pick on Shainer for a second. Now, every personality trait has good and, good and bad, but Shainer is a very driven, dedicated guy. He trains other folks. He got into fitness. I may have helped with that. <laughs> And he's still. He gets, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How big do you think he is? Like, um, that's sorry, inside jokes. But um, long story short, like, Shayner can look in the mirror, and my advice is this to say, when I say I'm going to do something, I do it. Nice. I like that about myself. You know how many days he probably misses in the gym when he says he's going to be in the gym? We laugh because you don't miss days in the gym. When I was training Kirk, he would say, So, uh, you know, are you going to come tomorrow? even gonna come tomorrow it's what we do at this time like i'm not gonna miss you know what i'm saying take that in and go i like that about me ashley might be really organized that's really cool i like that about me let's celebrate that i can help other people become more organized or whatever You see what i'm trying to say but for some reason we we sit there and think that we're not allowed to feel good about ourselves about the good things we can't accept the bad and we can't celebrate the good let me tell you what pride is, and then we'll leave so you can be set free. Because the truth sets you free, and a lie holds you captive, is this. Pride is feeling that your value shifts based on your performance. In other words, if I give a good message that lands or I like, that's not quantifiable. But if you do something, you know, and you think, "Wow, well, I have more value because I've done it. That's pride. If John Bon Jovi walks in here and he thinks he's more important than anybody here because he's put some albums out, we got a problem. If Michael Phelps walks in and goes, move, I get to be in the line because I'm more important than you, we've got a problem. And God opposes the proud. But he does not oppose Michael Phelps going, I've really shaved some time off my score. I've buckled down. I'm really proud of myself. Okay, you ready? Ready for how I'm really going to get you to agree with this? I want you to start thinking in yourself the way you want your kids to think inside of themselves. Because when when your kid scores a goal, don't you want him to throw his or her arms in the air and run around? And go, yay me! Don't you? Bruce, do you agree? Yep. Well, then when you do something well, that's how I want you and how God wants you to start thinking about you. If you paint a nice picture, do what your kid would do and go, I like that picture. And it's okay that I like that picture. Does that make sense? Because here's the thing too. I'll tell you this about women y'all are so busy comparing each other and being faced with the best of the best and the most beautiful and all this sort of stuff that you won't celebrate anything about yourself because comparatively stop it start celebrating your wins men we're told not to celebrate our wins we're told not to cry we're told not to this we're told not we're told to basically be just stoic providers and our worth is in what we give and sacrifice well that's crap if i catch a big fish I'm going to be proud of catching that big fish. <laughs> Carl. <laughs> Carl knows. If I take down that buck with a nice shot, you know what I'm allowed to say? That was a nice shot. And maybe I'm a good marksman. Maybe I'm allowed to say that. So we good? This week, I want you to work on this. You accept all of you because God accepts all of you because that's the only stop into the conformity thing. And just to remind you, in case we're feeling any condemnation, we're going to sing good father. Because I want you to understand you are fully accepted and loved by the Lord in Christ.